Night Whispers. It's a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection. It's a hotbed of revolutionary activity. Revolution? Revolution? That's great. I'm completely on top of that. We speak of revolution. Revolution? This revolution is going to make us a fortune. What's the buzz? Now, what are we all talking about, huh? <laughs> Say it. We speak of revolution. Revolution? Sons of liberty. Patriots speaking of revolution and freedom. Let's do this. Ready? One. He's never afraid to take on the establishment. Nice the hotbed of revolutionary activity. He means business. This is not the weirdest feeling in the world right now. Oh, what's happening? Too big, too loud. Ladies and gentlemen, let's make some noise for your favorite show. Now, here's your host for Night Whispers, Reverend Victor Robert Farrell. Night Whispers, December 16, number 351 of Scars and Singing Sapphires. And your dream word is prosper. Jude 24 says this, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I don't know what it is, said the neurologist as he examined the MRI of my brain. It's not a tumour and it's not MS, but you do have increased white matter in the left hemisphere of your brain. Have you ever had a stroke? Not that I remember, says I. This neurologist didn't fill me with confidence, I can tell you. As a former fault-finding technician, you just know when doctors haven't got a clue. Yes, you know when even they are just poking and hoping. Well, come back in three months' time and we shall take another look. Meanwhile, let's get some fluid from your spine and look for some more indicators. I didn't go back. No, it was another neurologist that, without even looking at any MRI results, asked me, when you were boxing and when you were coaching, were you ever hit so hard that you saw stars? Stars, says I. I saw whole galaxies. Well, that accounts for the white matter, says he. It's just a bit of brain damage. Just a bit of brain damage? Good grief, Charlie Brown. Now you can have just a bit of tummy ache. You can fall and scrape your knee and have just a bit of a cut. But I'm sorry, how on top side of God's good earth can anyone say to you with a smile. Oh, don't worry about that. It's just a bit of brain damage. Now, the moral of this little episode is quite simple. Don't get punched in the head. The memory of this little episode, however, is something quite quite different. You see, I'm getting older, life is getting busier, the ball juggling and the plate spinning seem to be on the increase, and my memory, well, my memory is just not what it should be. It certainly is not what it was. Maybe it's just a bit of brain damage. Ah, that's the problem. I'm fascinated by the function of memory, both factual and emotional memory. One very small aspect of this most magnificent capacity to store and retrieve both factual and emotional information is the ability of comparison. My, we say, he's put on a lot of weight since the last time I saw him. You see, comparison. Indeed, almost every decision we make is based on memorial comparison. In this one little aspect, then, memory is so very important to both who we are and the directions in which we shall choose to go. I suppose, then, that memory is eternally important as well. The problem with memory, then, is that it stores every bit of fact and experiential information about ourselves and others. And in a fallen world, that means it stores all the facts and feelings of our sins, both those we have initiated and those sins of others in which we 
have participated, as well as those sins done against us. Indeed, every sin of thought and action, every sin of commission and omission is stored in our memory. The coming of the light of God in the face of Christ Jesus has brought repentance, remorse, maybe even some acts of restitution, and please God, some gracious relief to us. But what about the memories of those sometimes atrocious acts of ours and others? Ah, well, the memories are still there, you see. Lodged in us, lodging with us, like some scabby, unwelcome and unwanted guests. Maybe this side of heaven, God's work in us will be deep enough to remove the power of these memories over us, if not their presence within us. I think so. I hope so. We all want it to be so, do we not? Even so, and like it or not, our memorial experience shapes us. It helps make us. So our memories, both good and evil, are also part of our story, and I think maybe part of our eternal story as well. Did you hear that? Part of our eternal story as well. Now, if I am correct, then we shall carry these memories of both good and evil forever with us, and if that is the case, how in heaven, along with Jesus and all the rejoicing saints, shall the memories of past hurts, past failures, past sins, still find a lodging place in our being? Nevertheless, I think they must, for if they do not remain with us, surely we shall lose such a part of our shaping story that we shall cease to be who we truly are. We shall cease to be our authentic selves. And I ask you, shall God let this happen? Shall God ever allow plastic of any kind in heaven? I think not. Not even plastic people. I've read the book of Revelation, friends, you see, and heaven is solid with God-made materials. There's nothing plastic in heaven. Absolutely nothing. Our text for tonight is talking about positional and experiential faultlessness. Therefore, I tell you the truth. If God does not deal with our memories, then I do not know how this faultlessness can ever exist. For surely, part of hellishness is an eternal and continual remembrance of all of our sins and shortcomings. And therefore, would it not be hell in heaven to have brain damage healed, only to then remember even more of one's desperate shortcomings and sins? Of course it would. Bear with me now. For Spurgeon today, commenting on our text for tonight, plums the depths of this mystery and concludes, We shall be unblameable and unreprovable even in his eyes. His law will not only have no charge against us, but it will be magnified in us. Moreover, the work of the Holy Spirit within us will be altogether complete. He will make us so perfectly holy that we shall have no lingering tendency to sin. Judgment, memory, will, every power and passion shall be emancipated from the thraldom of evil. Well, how wonderful is that? I confess that I do not know how our great God will deal with our remaining memories, for I believe they will remain. No, I really don't know how he will deal with them, but nevertheless, somehow, I believe that God will. Indeed, somehow, God must make diamonds from our dirty coal still carried with us, and make singing sapphires from all of our sinful scars. Memories, then, must remain in us for us to maintain our stories, for us to be all we truly are. Yet this dark and transforming mystery of heaven shall change all of our memories into such a glittering of golden dust that they shall be forever and for always to the eternal praise of his glory. I agree with Spurgeon tonight then that memory shall be emancipated from the thraldom of evil. I believe then they shall be present but dealt with, present but forgiven, present but healed, present but released, present but transformed, present but powerful and forever glorious, like God made minuscule diamonds, all glittering in the magnitude of the heavenly diadem. Now I tell you, friends, that's a miracle worth the waiting for. Listen. To God our Saviour, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Jude 24. 
Pray with me, please. Lord, all my pains and scars, my shame and hurts are in your hands. Therefore, please make my memories less like scars and more like character. Amen, Lord, and let it be so. Thank you for listening to Night Whispers, your daily inspiration from Pastor Victor Robert Farrell and the 66 Books Ministry. Please remember that these nightly inspirations are made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. So please make your donation today at www.give66.com. Thank you.